Sunday poor, we are back. Smack dab in the middle of March Madness. Uh, tournament picks back up on Saturday afternoon with the start of the Sweet 16, but it is also one week until opening day. Uh, so we're getting in the time machine. We're going we're gonna to go back to 2009, talk about that season, specifically the Yanks, and uh, I don't know, maybe we could see uh, if there's anything that this 2021 version of the team could uh, you know, learn from that squad. So, yeah. We're a week away. How you feeling? I was not expecting you to uh, put in 2020 because now I'm like getting pumped up for. I was thinking I was concentrating on 09. My mind was in 2009, and now you said 2021, and uh, just thinking about the present and what and what we can do this year. I'm I'm getting pumped up for opening day already. <laughs> just you saying it, man. It just got me going. So. I'm uh yeah I'm ready. Wait, hey, sometimes I paint the picture, you know. Sometimes I don't know what I don't know what the, this team can learn from that team. But the '09 team was, I mean, that team was built to win, and that was that had superstars with big contracts, brought in big names that were just they want to open up the stadium the right way, and uh, they did. And um, that was it. That was the last one, man. It's been a long time coming. It's, it's it's the longest time we've gone, obviously, between championships. It's the longest time well, we're almost at the well, until now. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, until this year? It's, we're we're going longer now. I oh, broke yeah. up there for a little bit. What do you mean you're going longer now? I'm saying it's been 12 years now. That was a nine year. That was a um, nine year. No, uh, I'm saying since then. I, I meant I meant since then. Yeah, we've we've gone. Longer. Oh, since then, yeah. We're probably approaching the record for the team, right? I don't even know what the number is, but it's, it's up there. It's uh, not, I, not that many. I think 18, 78 to 96. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so a few years to go. Getting there. Getting close. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I always say the Yankees, they don't rebuild. They reload, especially yep. under Cashman. This was a classic example of that. You know, 08, bitterly disappointing, uh, even though they went 89 games, which is a very good year for some teams. Uh, if I remember correctly, that team kind of got hot at the end, so 89 may have been a little misleading. They're probably more like an 83, 84 win team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they missed the playoffs for the first time uh, since 93. First time really in our lifetime, basically. I mean, you know, we watched them uh, a little bit in the early 90s, but it wasn't, you know, first time, like, where we were, uh, like, in, you know, day-to-day and they missed the playoffs. Um, so it was unfamiliar territory for the Yankees organization, you know, the core group guys like Jeter and Mo, Yankees fans. Like, we didn't really know – I didn't know what to expect heading into 09, uh, besides the fact that we were definitely going to throw a bunch of money at guys, and that's what happened. But I still – that doesn't solve all your problems. Because we see it nowadays. They've only won that one year. They haven't won since. So, you know, I knew we were going to throw money at a lot of free agents. I just didn't know what to expect, you know, new collection of guys. Yeah, we got you know, a, lot of, a lot of big names left, too. I mean, that was uh, – we it's a, a team that had failed all those years and never got over the hump. Like Giambi, I would say a lot, of dead, a lot of dead weight left. Well, yeah, I know you're not, you're not a big Abreu fan. He left. Jason Giambi <laughs> left. Uh, Moose retired. Mike Mussina retired. Um, am I oh, anybody? And, and Moose had, I mean, 
his only 20 win year of his career. I mean, it's unbelievable. That guy played so many, so many uh, championship caliber teams, playoff teams, only won 20 games on that last year with the Yanks. Um, yeah. It's a really strange career. But yeah, he, he retired. And then we reloaded. We replaced Giambi with Teixeira. Right. Upgrade. Abreu was gone. We brought in Swisher. Swisher. We we brought Swisher in technically to be a fourth outfielder, if you remember, because Xavier Nady was supposed yeah. to be our right fielder. And yep. we kind of had a bunch of outfielders on that team because Damon was going to be our left fielder. Mm-hmm. You know, he has, he had seen his better days. He wasn't a center fielder anymore. And then Gardner and Melky were kind of kind of battling for the center fielder job. So Swisher was almost the be- I'll say this about Swisher. The best thing Swisher had going for him is that Wilson Bediment was traded for him. <laughs> best, that, was the best, that was the best thing. That's like the nicest thing you can say about Nick Swisher. He didn't hit good pitching. You know, um, he put up a lot of hollow numbers. But if you look at what we gave up, Wilson Bediment, not, not very good. Yeah, gave up a little to get Swisher. And Swisher at the time, you could say, you know, the trigger words clubhouse guy. People love that kind of shit. But – I mean, I feel like we have that, – that term is thrown around. It's overused, especially in baseball. For sure, yeah. You don't need a clubhouse guy in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, the, we keep bringing Gardner back, and I like Gardner, but he's a clubhouse guy. Luke Voigt is a clubhouse guy. It's like, <laughs> could, we, could we win something? Like, I don't like think anybody guys, is, like – I don't think anybody guys, is, uh, you know, untradeable. Like, you know, come on, like – Yes, I mean, I want to have a, a guy that, that's a field guy <laughs> instead of a clubhouse guy. I'm glad you guys. Like, I get a guy that wins. Time. A, I'll take a guy that wins a triple crown. I don't care if he's a dickhead. People which, hated Reggie Jackson. Which, speaking of dickheads, A Rod that year, that was the year he admitted using steroids. Only admitted using them in Texas uh, preseason. Then hurt his head. Which yeah. Yeah, no, we know he only admitted because he was with the Yanks. He couldn't say he was doing it with the Yanks. Right, and then like a week later, he ends up with a big cyst on his hip. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I guess that was from six years ago. Six years in the making, that cyst. Uh, yeah, that misses a good chunk of the season and then was a big part of the run, uh, just starting when the day he came back. Um, but, yeah, start in the offseason, though, they brought in Burnett. They brought in CeCe. Yes. Um, we mentioned Teixeira Swisher. What else? Am I missing anybody from the big, the big uh, accusa- ac- accusations? There's a lot of accusations. <laughs> accusations. No, I, I was thinking Damaso Marte, but we actually traded for him in the, at the deadline the year before. Okay. I was always a Marte guy, even though I guess the lefty specialist is kind of gone by the wayside these days because you got to face three batters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was always a Marte guy. So I, looked, I always looked at him as like a big acquisition for that team, even though it was the year before. You liked uh, Dimashio Marte better than Phil Coke on that team? Oh, I was not a Phil Coke guy. <laughs> Phil Coke was batting practice, man. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of a lefty specialist is, that was Phil Coke. <laughs> was like Chase Utley just fucking dug in there against Phil Coke in the World Series. <laughs> Couldn't wait to face him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was calling to the bullpen, not Girardi. Right. You, for, you for, did forget to mention uh, one of the departures. You probably forgot he was on the team, but Carl Provano's contract expired in 08. Yes, and went to uh, – he would fa- we'd face him in the playoffs, of course. Yeah, the legendary – Great. Provano. Abreu, too, we faced in the playoffs. I don't even remember Abreu in the playoffs. Abreu was on the Angels. Wow. Was he starting on that team? 
Because that was a Vlad uh, Guerrero yeah. team, right? Yeah, I think he might have been their three-hitter. Oof. Five, I don't know. Yeah, two-hitter, maybe two-hitter. Yeah, I just uh, – the Abreu, Abreu years were always fun and, and right field just waiting for him to not catch a ball against the wall. I mean, he had uh, twinkle toes when he was going back. He was uh, – he was just I, – I, I didn't like Abreu. It wasn't personal. He, just, he was just a very soft – player he was one of those guys i think they brought in for his swing and cashman's like he loves bringing a guy whose swing is carbon made for yankee stadium which is just to say a lefty who can play the ball granderson and abreu and uh, i mean you can uh, now he's now he doesn't have any lefties at all so i don't know if he kind of went against that uh philosophy i guess but he loved that for a while just find a guy that could groove it in the right field and hope for the best uh, now I think that was Abreu because he did have a pretty sweet swing, but he was he not, did hit like Bobby Abreu, the player on paper, was a good player, yeah, yeah. But if you watched was, him play every day, it was just could be painful, not your favorite, <laughs> not your favorite, no. And it, it was coming in after O'Neill, and like O'Neill would you know run through a brick wall for you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, play and then we went through a little bit of a phase there where we didn't really have, I think we had, it was like an inner. You know, it was like a revolving door in the outfield, yeah. right? And left and right. Like, Knobloch was out. Didn't Knobloch oh. play in left? Like, I feel like we left, never yeah. have had a left fielder. Well, Knobloch played in left because he had the yips at second, and they had to put him in the outfield because he couldn't throw to first. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I liked – and I did like Nady. I, I wish he had gotten a shot, but sometimes – I forget what his injury was, but he never really saw the field. He maybe had a dozen at-bats <laughs> with the Yanks. Never- well, we, we traded for him in 08, right, in the, at the deadline? I, don't, I think I don't he was an 08 remember. deadline guy. No, I remember. Is that right? 08 deadline. I think he, so. So he played out the stretch for a crappy team and then came back. All right, that makes I don't sense. Know, I don't know if we re-signed him or if he was still – I think he was probably still under contract. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had high expectations for Nady, but then Swisher kind of just got thrown right in there just by chance, and Nady was out for the year. I don't yeah. even know how long Nady played. That's the 0-9. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he got 12 at-bats. Seriously. Yeah. And Swisher seemed to take over almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah. He's and I'm pretty player. sure I'm pretty sure he didn't start on opening day, Swisher. No, I think you're right. I think it was Nady. That was the opening day starter. Yeah. And I remember being at a game in 08 and seeing Nick Swisher's batting average at like 219 and just mocking the shit out of him. <laughs> so, then, so then when we brought him in, I was like, oh. All right. I mean, I ended up working. I get a you get a championship out of him, but I uh, wouldn't have been my first guy. He's like another guy swing kind of not made for Yankee Stadium, but you're hoping he can run into a couple when he's back from the left side. Oh yeah, it's the only yeah. When he was up left handed, that's all you were thinking about was him just yeah. parking one over the wall. I'm actually gonna look up the uh, opening day starting lineup. I could find a game real quick. Jeter leading off. Jeter Damon, one, two. CC had a start, right? Yeah, I remember it was in Baltimore. CC yep. started. Uh, I know we got I know we got beat. Yeah, Jeter Damon, you had that right. Jeter Damon. Yep. Uh let's see, A-Rod wasn't in the lineup. Was Cody Ransom our third baseman? Yes, he was. You betcha. <laughs> I remember Cody Ransom hit a home run in uh, 
one of those exhibition games against the Cubs. The only <laughs> thing I remember from spring training was A-Rod's press conference, the cyst on his hip, and the two Cubs games because we were at one of them, the Saturday game. It was also the same – it was right around this time, obviously. It always it was the same day as the Final Four. So I remember that very well. Um, was Cody Ransom like our eight-hitter? He could have been up there too high. Cody Ransom was the eight hitter. Yeah, you know he was. Yeah, nine. You know the nine hitter was. The nine. It had to be. Uh, it had to be Teixeira's third. I would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The nine hitter had to be either Melky or Gardner. No. Gardner. Yep. Gardner. Yep. Yeah, Teixeira's first. Out, it must have. You know, DH and DH and cleaning up. Matsui? Yep. Matsui, then Posada, Cano, and then Nady, and then Ransom. Nady Sevenhole, yeah. Yep. Cody Ransom, yeah. So it's a solid lineup. Phil Phil, Phil Coke, one and two one and two thirds innings, two hits, two runs, both earned, one walk, two strikeouts, gave up a dinger. <laughs> the signs I mean the signs were there. They won. <laughs> Phil Coke. Oh yeah, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson was on this this Orioles team. Remember that guy? He didn't start though, right? He was there. No, he was a reliever. Yeah, reliever. Yeah, he got a hold in this game. But yeah, I just forgot about that guy completely. Who was it? Was Jeremy Guthrie the opening day starter? Yeah, Jeremy Guthrie. Yeah, snuck a win. Think about and Jeremy Guthrie also probably like the first like real big moment in the regular season was the home run uh, he gave up to A-Rod. May 8th, 09, the Friday night game, the first pitch he saw of the season. Three-run dinger. Was that before or after Cashman's trip to Atlanta? No, Atlanta was over the summer. Okay. All right, so it was early then. That was another – that was definitely another one. Because, like, in April they were kind of – they didn't bury themselves, but it was – you've seen this with a million Yankee teams. They were basically 500 team in April. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, some tough, some tough homestands. You know, they lose, obviously, to the Orioles right out of the gate a couple games. Um, I remember Swisher came into pitch one game against Tampa. It was just it – was, it, was, it wasn't great. They were a 500 team. But, you know, you got to just keep your head above water. You don't want to bury yourself in April. You can lose a pennant in April. can't win one. So just st- stay there. And I remember going into that series in Baltimore. They were coming off a horrible homestand. Uh, they lost, like, four or five in a row. And uh, A-Rod, I mean, say what you want about him, right out of the gate, did spark us, big three-run homer. Yep. Um, and we win that game. I mean, not, any, not everything was cured, obviously, but we were, uh, yeah, we were 13 and 15 headed into Baltimore. You felt like you had like – three-run bomb. Yeah, you felt like – not that you righted the ship, but you're like, all right, here's, like a, here's your superstar back in the middle of the lineup. And he's ready to go. He doesn't need doesn't need to get ease himself back into playing shape. Doesn't need to you know doesn't need a week or two to get back to you know get his timing back. He just came out, hit one over the fence, and it was kind of like all right, let's go. You you, yeah, you felt let's better. Start winning games. Solidified the lineup a little bit more at that point. You got your super right. Team. I'm never. I'm not going to trust you in a big spot. You know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not going to trust you in yeah. October. But let's win some games here and like you know. Cut into the deficit, however many games we are in back of first place, in back of yeah. Boston. I'm sure. Yeah, as, as much as you hated A Rod, like 
we, you needed them, especially in the regular season. You needed them just to kind of, you know, some, sometimes you need those garbage time hits against you know, third relievers or, or Jeremy Guthrie, you know, and that, and you need you need a Rod Mill lineup because you get to run into one any any time in the season. It's, yeah, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, that's when you're uh, you're worried about the guy. Right. How's your and, How's your audio doing over there? Am I cutting up at all? I hear you fine. Yeah, I see it. It keeps coming up. The internet is unstable, but I I hear everything you're saying just fine. Okay. Am I cutting? I can't up? say the same, but I'm. Oh, yeah, you are. But I'm I'm oh. plodging along. It's all right. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta hang. Sometimes you gotta hang in there. You know what I mean? Tough curveballs. Keep the bomb pitches off. We're. Oh, yeah, I trust you in the clutch. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, to, to make um, matters worse, the Yanks, they started out like 0-8 against the Red Sox or something that year. Oof, brutal, yeah. Could yeah. not be Boston. Fin- finish real strong against them, but that was uh, – I mean, that's not a good feeling, especially after 0-4, just when you can't beat the fucking Red Sox. It, it just it stings Oof. even more. Yeah, I mean, they they – like I said, we were coming off of losses to the Red Sox, I'm pretty sure, going into that Baltimore series. Mm-hmm. They had already swept us at Fenway. And then we kind of um, – I don't know exactly when the, the, the next series came, but I think the Yankees had kind of righted the ship by then, got not back into first place, but a few games over 500. Mm-hmm. And they went into Boston, got swept again. That's when they go 0-8. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost like you take a few steps forward, a couple steps back. So now they're right where they were, not being able to beat the Red Sox. I'm not sure if that series came before or after that Atlanta series because that was definitely another turning point. Like when you look at the Yankees, a good Yankee team, obviously this Yankee team wins over 100 games. They come in first place. When you look at a Yankee team like that and you say the regular season doesn't matter, some of that is true. But there's always like, you know, three or four moments in the regular season where you're like, okay, that's a a little bit of a turning point. You got a little bit of a jolt from that game, right? And I think the A-Rod three-run dinger was that game. And then it, obviously in Atlanta in, in June or July, whatever that was. I disagree, man. I think the regular season definitely matters because, because that's where you learn to, like, come together. There's teams where you learn to win. That's where you learn to kind of deal with adversity. If you have a, a team that uh, – that's what the, the 2021 Yankee team can learn from that Yankee team in 09 – that the regular season definitely matters, that you, that you need to kind of find yourself within that season. It's not just about going out there and winning 100 games. Yeah, you need to. To get to the playoffs, it's not about getting to the playoffs. It's about fighting and winning to the end of the playoffs. And if, you, if your only goal is to go out there and win a few more games than everybody else, and it's just to be better overall, over 162 games, that's not good enough, man. you got to be able to, to bear down when, when it's a must-win game. And if if you win 100, 103 games just beating up on the Orioles, I mean, that's it's great. It's going to get into the playoffs, but that's the fucking Orioles. Let me see what you can do right. you know, when, it, when it matters against the Rays in the playoffs. Or, or, uh, or, any, or, I mean, can we get to the Dodgers, please? Can we get to the fucking World Series, please? Let me see what you can do against these teams. Yeah, I just think the regular season, uh, a lot of those wins could be a little bit hollow. Yeah, for sure. You know but I mean, I'm it's just, but not, that let, it, not that it doesn't matter. Right now, but you can't let those. Ah, see, that time you broke up. Oh, I did. All right. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, but yeah, th- there are a lot of hollow wins within the regular season, but you have to like, 
those are games you got to win. Those, those are just games you need to get through. And then well, when, when the test comes against the team, and in, the, in last year's season, the 60-game season, um, you had the devil, the devil, I still call them devil, his devil raised games yeah, the devil where, yeah. where, 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 you know, they got a little hot and stuff and the, the Rays kind of bullied the Yanks around a little bit. The Yanks were, they looked to be the softer team, you know? Um, and that yeah. was that, and that's where, you know, you say the regular season doesn't matter. Look at what the Rays ended up doing. They went, they didn't end up winning it, but that's, you know, uh, a lot of coaching problems in the, in, in the uh, world series there. And, pulling and they built early. their identity in the regular season. For sure, but they, they gave them the they, confidence. They gave them the confidence to go out there and take care of business in October. And they, I think they kind of felt that they had, you know, the upper hand on the Yanks, and that gave them a little bit of a, yeah. a competitive a competitive advantage. So that's what you, you know. That you got to learn. You, you have to kind of make your bones when it matters. You're going to have a lot of those weeks where it's just kind of trudging along, getting through the season. But when those challenges, you know, come across your way, you got to step up. That's what this team needs to learn, right? Just yeah. To, I guess I was more. I guess I was more thinking of. Uh, like the dynasty teams, like those teams when they won a hundred games, you know what those teams were. You know, you know what those teams were going to do in October. You knew you were going to get their best, whether they finish the season strong, finish the season, you know, like shit, like did in two thousand. That's when it got to be meaningless. I guess with a team that is unproven, like especially the 0-9 team was, a lot of those guys hadn't won. That's when I guess the regular season, you know, all those walk off wins, I guess, do matter because it gives you the confidence that. You, you know, you could play well and beat the best of the best. Yeah, and there's a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those in 09 for sure. That you kind of felt like the magic was there with the 09 team because there's a lot of walk off wins. Absolutely right. Yeah, the walk off. Yeah, and you know, thinking you know, thinking back, I mean, that mentality where the regular season was just kind of a formality that only really happened after the '98 season. Ninety, you know, '95 they they lose uh, dramatic fashion to to Seattle. They mm-hmm. they retool in '96. And uh, they come out, they have a great year, and they kind of shocked the world. They were the scrappy Yanks. 97, they expected to win, um, mm-hmm. and they, they got shocked by the Indians. And then 98, they come out and have, like, an all-time year. And from then on, it was like, look, we know what we're, we know what we're capable of. We know what we have with this core group, not just the four, but, you know, with, uh, with O'Neal, with Tory there, and, and the, whole, the whole crew, you know. And it was just they, – they knew. It was just let's get there, and we know what to do. We know who we are. Um, this team and hardly, not a lot of teams get to that level. Uh, but you, so you need that. That's why the regular season, I mean, you can have a core group of guys together for a long time, but if they keep fizzling out in October, that's the, that's going to be their identity. Right. Nineties, Texas Rangers. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Not what you want to be. No. <laughs> <sighs> not um, yeah. So the walk-off started early on in the year. I remember they had three straight against the twins which, I mean, they just Yankees for 20 years have just been sticking into the Twins. I mean, Melky had one, A-Rod, Damon. Um, and then Melky had a, a – was it a walk-off dinger in right field? No, it was, it was a single against the Twins. Man, I was – It was a Friday was, night game. Okay. Well, I was, I was at a Melky walk-off, but it was a dinger, and I had to work the next day, so it wasn't that game. No. Nah. Melky, I don't think that was 09. It was probably like in the old stadium. Oh, you know what? I was in, yeah, I was, I lived in New Jersey at the time. Yep. And I remember because I had to take a cab home because all the trains were gone. Oh, that's a <laughs> miserable ride home. I mean, they no, won. Not at so all. Yeah, they won. It was a walk off. I was, I flew home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we mentioned the, the Atlanta game. Yeah. 
Yep. This was, I'm pretty sure, late June. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were playing like shit. So you, Cashman flew into Atlanta. Is that what happened? Yeah. Flew, flew in to give him a little pep talk. And then they got no hit for like six innings. Right. Girardi they were, and they were, Girardi gets tossed. They were on a losing streak. I think they were about to drop their fourth in a row. And it would have been their uh, sixth loss in seven games, to be exact. Girardi gets tossed early on in the game, whatever. And then uh, Francisco Cervelli saves the season. First career dinger. That was his first career dinger? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Francisco Cervelli, uh, a, a fan favorite. What did you say? One of your, you broke up there. One of your favorites? Yeah, well, one of my favorites. So I said a fan favorite. People, people love Francisco Cervelli. He's a, you know. Oh, I love Cervelli. He was a clutch hitter, man. He was a guy who stat sheet was going to, you know, jump out. He had back of the baseball card wasn't, but something about him, like in a big spot, if you needed just a base hit, the guy would get the bat and the ball. Yep. Good catcher. And obviously, like one of the biggest hits of the season. Yeah. Yeah, solid catcher. Yep. Yep. He's, he's definitely a guy you wanted as your backup catcher. He was perfect for that role. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't always, I don't always believe in momentum in sports, especially baseball, because it yeah. comes down to pitching, defense, and all that. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I see a team have a big walk-off win, I can't tell you how many walk-off wins the Yankees have had, and they come out and they get beat like seven-two the next day. Like, <laughs> I feel like it happens all the time. But that win actually did catapult them. Uh, after Cervelli ties the game, they go off and win that game. They, that that sends them off to a seven-game win streak, and they win 10 out of 11 and 13 out of 15. So at that point, I mean, they're off and running. This is a team that um, probably at worst – Boston was good that year. You figure at worst they're going to be a wild-card team. This is a, you know, this is a 95-win team, um, and it just comes down to how they're going to play against the best teams. Right. Yep. Really, I mean, you 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 know you know it's a good team. CC over the summer started pitching well. He always did when it warmed up. Uh, Burnett even went on a run in like August. Yeah, Burnett was an enigma. He was a guy that was he was good at home, but on the road, forget about it. Like you couldn't figure Burnett out. But like over the summer is when they finally started like putting together some wins. You're like, okay, we got a little something. I don't know if it's a championship team. But we got a team there. We got a good team. This isn't. Oh wait, you know what I mean. We're not going to win eighty nine games. Um, just looking at it right now, they took the lead, the American League East lead, on July twenty first, and never relinquished it. Right, and when they officially won it, not officially, I should say, they unofficially won it in that uh, that four game sweep against Boston in August. Late August, yeah, yep. That, yeah, that was, was awesome. That was great. Yeah, that was really – that was – yeah, that was when we were like, okay, we're going to win the American League East. It's going to come out to October. At that point, the rest of the regular season was pretty meaningless. It was just win enough games to, you know, hold off Boston. I think they left town with like a seven-game lead probably. Six and a half. And that was the middle of August. Not like, it was August 9th was the, was the last game of that series. And guess who got the win in that game? Which win was that? The the Sunday win, the, the last win of that series. Phil Coke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he probably fucking gave it up. That's why. <laughs> That's probably true. That was a that was a come from behind that was a come from behind win that, that Sunday night game. 
Let's see his line. <laughs> yeah, Phil Cloak, Phil, Phil Cloak blown safe, too. <laughs> oh, there you safe, go. Blown safe five, sorry. I forgot the win, yeah. Yep. One of, one of, uh, one of John Sterling's best calls is the Teixeira home run in the Sunday night game. Hmm. Day, um, it's, I'm, it, you probably find that on YouTube somewhere. Sure. Damon and Teixeira went back-to-back. Okay. To tie the game and win the game. All right, well, go ahead. At least. I think it was the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Sterling's best calls. All right. Regular season, at least. <laughs> All right, I got to look that one up. You got to link that one to the, uh, to the Twitter page when, you, when, you, when we send this one out. I will. I will. Right, I'll, do a nice. quick, I'll do a quick search right now. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. There's a million walk-offs that year. Melky had a couple. Cano had a couple. Sure, Swisher had one mixed in there. Uh, a Rod in that series against Boston, the Friday night game we were watching in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen innings off the Tazawa, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we had seen Yankee teams win. I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't I'm trying to like put myself back into two thousand nine about what I was thinking because it had been nine years. You know, we saw really good regular seasons that ended pretty dis- disappointingly. Mm-hmm. So, like, once we beat Boston and once it looks like we're going to win the division and, you know, the season ends and we go to play Minnesota, like, what, was, what do you remember your mindset being with this team? It wasn't – you can't – like, I wasn't as confident as I was about, like, you know, the teams 10 years earlier with the 99 and, like, those teams – I, I think I was more confident than I was used to being in recent years because, like I said, it felt like there was a little magic in the team like with those walk-offs. It just felt like they had something going. It, it didn't feel like – it just didn't feel like the teams now where, yeah, okay, you, you kind of – you're able to roll through and get to the playoffs, but you're not sure they know how to win. This team, mm-hmm. I felt like I, – I, I did. I felt, I felt something magical. It just kept going until October. Like that first round series, and it just kept going. Um, okay, I found the home. I found the home run call. We're good. Nice. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was pretty confident. And this, and this was, yeah. Thinking of this was '09. It was like the first championship of my real adult life too. So it was a little, a little different than when you're a kid. Everything seems magical when you're a kid. This was, uh, um, this was a different feeling for like my adult years watching. Watching the team, like like in like in '04, when when they lose Game Four, I had a terrible feeling. I was not surprised. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised when they made the Grand Slam in Game Seven, and we were not going through World Series. I was not surprised at all. Yeah, is everything didn't, didn't nothing lined up? Nothing made sense. Winning it didn't make sense. Um, the teams. I mean, the pitching stunk. Pitching stunk. There's just no. There's nothing left in the tank. They needed to win that game four, that game four to just just to get by that team. And um, the Red Sox had what the yeah, Yankees game, did. Game five was even worse. Yeah, and and the Red Sox had what the Yankees didn't have. And that in '09, I felt like the Yankees had what the Red Sox had in '04, just a little bit of magic. And '04 it felt heavier because of everything that happened the previous 100 and whatever years. Um, but in '09, it was yeah, I had, I felt a little juice with the team for sure. And I think part of it was okay. just you know living in 
living in Brooklyn, we, you and me went to a lot of games that year. I know we always went to a lot of games, but new stadium. And you knew. Yeah, I went to a, I went to a bunch of games in 09, yeah. We knew they were going for it. You know, it was also Hal's first year um, as, you know, primarily. That was the first year George had stepped down. Uh, you kind of felt like they wanted to make a statement with him and with a new stadium. And uh, even Cashman, I think, wanted, you know, I mean, going down to Atlanta, just him going going down there, that just everything you need to know about that team. There was only one outcome that was okay for this team, and that was – but it was a, not just a pen. That was a pen and a World Series championship. So, right. I think the one thing that was keeping me from fully believing this team was win was going to win mm-hmm. was just the black cloud of a Rod still being there. Yeah, like I just couldn't. I you know you know what his coming going into the oh nine postseason, mm-hmm. he was O for his last twenty nine with men on base in October. Almost, it's almost amazing that somebody that good could have that stat next to their name. Yeah, he. I mean, but he. I mean, that's how. That's probably like four or five postseasons in a row. But but then he you know, he kind of got that monkey off his back early in the postseason. In '09. Yeah, I mean, it was, listen, it was it was his it was his postseason. He wasn't the World Series MVP. He wasn't the ALCS MVP. <laughs> but it was his postseason. I mean, you, when you think back, as much as I hate the guy, when you think back to the 09 postseason run, like I think about the home run off Nathan, the home run off Fuentes. Um, he had five, four or five huge hits. And like four, like, like three huge. or four. Like, I think four of them were like game tying hits and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that's an unbelievable year. Unbelievable postseason. I think he tied the game four times. Yeah, tied or went ahead or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it begs the question, was he the postseason MVP or was Kate Hudson? <laughs> well, it was Kate Hudson for sure. It was 100% Kate Hudson. Well, you, do you think he was the MVP and that is there like there's no way we're giving it to Aaron because of what he did before the season? We can't have a, a, an admitted steroid cheater win the fucking World Series MVP? You're talking about in the World Series? Yeah. I know Matsui took it. Aaron had a great series also. Right? He wasn't like – I know Matsui's game six is kind of what put him over the top. I think you could make yeah. a case for A-Rod, too. If I remember correctly, I don't think A-Rod's numbers were as good in the World Series as they were the previous two rounds. He, had the, he may have had the biggest hit yeah. of the uh, World Series, that home run off the camera yeah. in game yeah. three against Hamels, mm-hmm. which they were losing, and then that kind of got him on the board, like took a little bit of a sigh of relief in that game. Um, but I, I don't know. It Did was he drop? They- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know who – I remember doing this recently. I should have done it today, but I was looking to see, like, if you weren't going to give the MVP to Matt Suey, who would you have given it to? Mm-hmm. You know who had a really good series was uh, Damon. Yeah, Damon. If I remember right, I think Damon's numbers were pretty good. Plus the stolen base. Yeah, that stolen base. I mean, I've never liked Damon, and I really don't like Damon now. Um, nothing – this is all prior to him getting pulled over. It's nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing to do with that. Or Trump, mm-hmm. it just has to do with I just never liked him and the whole the, again back to the Grand Slam, you know, in two thousand and four, never never forgive him or that team for that. Uh, but he won me over for a minute with that double steal. That was incredible. Did A Rod drive him in? Uh, and and that yeah yeah. So I mean yeah, you, that was a big hit. A Rod's got you can make a case for him, man. Sure. Was Damon series that good? Were MVP candidate? I don't know. I mean. It was tough because 
if you look at that series, there's not really one guy that sticks out. It's, I think Matsui's game six just was fresh in everyone's head that you kind of had to give it to him. Yeah. He bar- I mean, he barely played in, in Philly because he was That's a right. DH. Yeah. Yep. I remember he had a pinch hit home run in Philly. Mm-hmm. He did that. And then he had the game-winning dinger in game two off of Pedro. Mm-hmm. So he did have big – he had a game-winning home run in game two, and then he, you know, was basically the entire offense in game six. So I have no problem with Matt Suey getting it. I just don't think there was – there wasn't really one guy I think who you could pinpoint that series that was like – the MVP. I think that was the, more the issue. That's fair. Another guy in that in that World Series that kind of won me over with, with singular performance was Burnett. Because I don't think they pitched the biggest game of the season. Yeah, I don't think they they don't win the World Series without that performance. And then he of course shit the bed in the next appearance. But well, they were up three one when he came back, and he was on the road, which he was always terrible on yeah. the road. But yeah, he pitched. I'll never say a bad word about Burnett because of Game Two in the World Series, and he was good. He was good in Game Two. In the previous series, too, against the Twins and Angels. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had anything to show for it because those games went to extras. Those were like the A-Rod dramatic, uh, you know, dramatics at the end. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was really good. And he just, he just, I don't know, something about being on the road, he was just all over the place. So he was, he was a little bit of a head case for that. Yeah, yeah. He was a little bit of – got in his head a little bit. Well, I think the Yanks are lucky that he performed like he did that year because he could have very easily been another – Pavano, um, he could have very easily been another Vasquez or Brown. There's a million other guys. Yeah, no, he was better than that. Just for this, for that year. Long. No, yeah, I'm saying if they don't win that year. He he had, that he gets kind of put in that trash heap. But this 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 season, and yeah, elevate him to a different stature for sure. Another guy, yeah, you know, you, you know what? Damon was the guy I was thinking of, um, kind of like an unsung hero. Because mm-hmm. Rick, he's not one of the names you, that you mentioned, and Burnett as well. But another guy that stepped up was used. Without that move in the middle of the season to put him into the bullpen, that's another 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 thing that they don't they don't win the World Series without use. Kind of changing his role and dominating because he was struggling as a starter. And they yeah. put him in, and he was you know he was a key to uh, as a bridge to Mo. The only thing about Hughes was he was not good in the postseason. He was really good in the regular season as the eighth inning guy, but I, I never trusted Hughes in a big spot. Like to the point where in game in game four in the World Series, I'm pretty sure, uh, Jabba was pitching the eighth. Okay. I think they, I think Hughes had made maybe had fallen out of favor a little bit with Girardi, mm-hmm. but he was he was very important in the regular season in terms of like getting them, you know, a shitload of wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, Hughes. Maybe because I had higher expectations for Hughes, but I, I was always a little disappointed in Hughes. All right, it's fair. Um, Aceves, how about him? Oh, of course, I love Alfredo Aceves. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Who's yeah. your on this team? One of my favorite parts about going back and looking at this team was like some of the the names further down the bench, and we've already mentioned Cervelli, so we'll call this the Francisco Cervelli Award. Which one mm-hmm. of these? Which one of these guys do you is your Francisco Cervelli Award winner? Like your favorite guy off the like the very bottom of the bench? Okay, Shelly Duncan was on that team. Jerry Harrison Jr., Romero Pena, the aforementioned um, Cody Ransom, 
and uh, legendary Angel Barroa. Oof. Did you mention Eric Hensky? I did not mention Hensky, no. <laughs> Sorry. He was a midseason. Him and Harrison were the midseason acquisitions. <laughs> yeah. A couple, couple little pieces. Yeah, very little pieces. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Shelly Duncan. I, I liked Shelly Duncan when he came up. You know, he wasn't very good, but he run into a fastball here and there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't say I really endeared myself to any of those guys, I don't think. I think Pena was my favorite. I think Romero <laughs> Pena was my favorite. Man. Pena was all right. Yeah, Pena was all right. Here, hey, I, I mean, I'll, I'll shout out Harrison. He, uh, I don't know if it was the best base running play, but um, in game two in the ALCS when he scored on Melky's fielder's choice, him mm-hmm. his decision to run from third, mm-hmm. uh, I forget who dropped the ball. I think it was Figgins maybe, Sean Figgins. Okay, yeah. Or an, maybe an I-bar, mm-hmm. one of the I-bars. Uh, his decision there kind of won the game right there. So I'll, I'll shout out Harrison, even though I think if the ball was handled cleanly, he would have been out by like 30 feet. So I, of, of all those guys, I remember Jerry Harrison the most in October. So shout they, out Jerry. They had a bunch of errors, the Angels. I think they won those games. Maybe like three errors in one of those the games. Angels? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had like a couple in the first. I was at game one that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt's, it was the end of the first inning. Matsui hit a pop up, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was Figgins. I think it might have been Figgins and Ibar, the guys that just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just let it fall in between them, and it scored a run. So I guess they, I don't know if they give you give an error on that, or if it's a team. They should have a, a stat for team errors. Or they just miss. I think they have and it hits. I give Matsui a single on that. Yes. Yeah. Also, should be right, yeah. a side note. A side note on game one of that series, mm-hmm. we, were, we were walking in um, down uh, River Avenue towards the bleachers entrance, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, you know, um, like the, with the big gate that opens, I'm sure it's like the player's entrance where they drive in their cars. Back in the day, they used to have to park across the street from the stadium. Yeah. Now they can yeah. just drive right in. Mm-hmm. So we're walking, and uh, I don't know if it was a cop or a security guard. It's like, oh, stick right here. They open up the gate. All right. Car pulls in. Kate Hudson. Man. We were like we were like five, ten feet, ten feet max from Kate Hudson. And it was like her Clara's day, man. She's just glowing. Penny Lane. Oh yeah. It was awesome. Man. I was like, look at this. This is awesome. <laughs> I was like, we're winning tonight. <laughs> Kate's in the building, we're winning. There was a thank you, Kate Hudson sign at the parade that year. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, he's been the loser ever since, basically. Dumped her, and that was it. All downhill. I'll put her in Monument Park. <laughs> she belongs there before he does. I mean, the longer <laughs> we go without winning a championship, man, I mean, she's responsible for our only championship in the last 21 years. Yeah, Kate Hudson and Matsui. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Kate Hudson and Matsui. There you go. There's our World Series MVP, Kate Hudson. <laughs> I, uh, by the way, Damon hit 364 in the World Series. Wow, he he, did he didn't have play. any. He always did come to play in a in a big moment. He did like playing in a big moment. Jeter hit 407. Another guy like playing the. Uh, in yeah, the Damon moment. was one of those guys who I loved in a big spot. Like he was just yeah. Maybe it was just because he was such an idiot, but like he just <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't be nervous, Damon. 
You might be right. He might have been too dumb to be nervous. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Like, I mean, anyone who's seen a Johnny Dean, you know, post-game interview, whether he was in the Bronx or in Boston, knows, like, he wasn't the brightest guy. No, not a bright like, boy. Putting, no. putting two words together, never, never a strong suit. Uh, but, yeah, something about him, man, when he got in the batter's box in a big spot, I was oh. always weirdly confident. And going up against him, I never wanted to see him because I just felt like he'd give you a tough at-bat always. Yep, yep. He had a like a big. Wasn't the the, the at bat before the, uh, the before the steal was like a nine pitch at bat. Yeah, something like that. And he yeah. singled. Yeah, yeah. He, I, yeah. He, was, he was really good. <laughs> a big spot. I don't know. He was. He was. What a dummy. He's borderline, borderline Hall of Famer, Dave. When you look at the big numbers, like he's not a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but if you look at his numbers, like he almost had three thousand hits. How many years was like, he? In Kansas City, for he was in Oakland and Kansas City before uh, the Red Sox. Kansas City, I'd say five years, maybe. In Oakland for a couple. Yeah, KC. He was one, two, three. Oh wow, he was in KC for six years. Wow. And I was oh, he was only in Oakland for one year. Oh okay. Was he was he, a, was he traded and was it might have been? I don't know. No, he wasn't. He was when must have been a maybe traded off season because he started the year. In Oakland in 01, and he finished the year in 2000 with KC. Wow. And then he kind of actually fizzled out. I wouldn't have been against bringing him back to at least DH or something. Like, I always felt like getting rid of Matsui and Damon both was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I won't even get into the 2010 games because I think Cashman fucked. He brought back Nick Johnson. He brought back Javi Vasquez. Like, he was like he was going backwards for some reason. That. Like, right. he, lets, he lets Damon and uh, Damon and Matsui go. It's like two of our biggest pieces in the postseason. I, I know you got to get younger, but you wanted, to, you wanted to right some wrongs, you know. Bringing back those guys. That's like that's kind of that's like the guy who marries a supermodel that uh, goes and finds his, his you know his, his junior prom date on Facebook. It's like you know what this could have worked out if I played my cards right. Yeah, don't go back to your junior prom date. Ever. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was all ego from Cash. Yeah. Man, like going back to Javi Vasquez was so ridiculous. He's got a gigantic ego. It's not that's it gets in his way sometimes, and I think that's why we have stay. That's why Junkerol stands on the team. That's <laughs> exactly why stands on the team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how much different uh, was it for you? I mentioned before, like it was the first one of my adult life, right? How much mm-hmm. was it for you? Um, was it not as sweet because you're kind of older, a little more jaded? You know, it's Sunday, <laughs> May 6 for kids, 98, 99, 2000. It's like, you know, it, it's kind of a blur and it just all happened so so fast. Um, you know, as you're kind of growing yeah, up. So and just, fast. And it's just awesome how it happened. And then, uh, and then, yeah, once 04 happens, like I'm broken. I never was broken like that as a Yankee fan. And then, they, you know, uh, and then, you know, the next couple of years is not up to, up to par. Here we are just as adults. And we win. And, you know, you know, when you're a kid, like they're all not, you know, you kind of know they're not heroes, but, you know, Jeter's your hero and you love some of these guys. Yeah. You love O'Neill, Mo, you love Mo, all these guys. When you get old, you kind of know, like, Jeter's kind of aloof and A-Rod's a dick and you know, like, all the flaws of these guys, especially in this day and age where, you know, everything's out there. Was any different for you this time uh, than in 2000? Um, 
I would say I appreciated it more probably. Because it had been so long. Yeah, you were, you were because coming. it had been so yeah. long and just like trying to get over the hump. You know, you go back to 01 where they lose in Arizona and you just assume that they'll be back. And yeah. they get back in 03 and it looks like they're going to win and they can't get over the hump. And then 04 happens, 05, 06. And it's just like it felt like – and obviously like selfishly you want Jeter to get one more Mo, mm-hmm. like those guys, the core guys. Yeah. Um, but like it just felt like you 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 – started to realize how hard it was right to win a championship and you real you realize like just how you you definitely appreciated the dynasty team dynasty teams more yeah. by the time you got to 09 yeah. so that when they finally did go over the hump in 09 and finally got another one it was just like a weight had been lifted like yeah you know i really wanted to see them win again and now i i have that same Thing now going into 2021 like i just want to see them win so bad yeah um that you know i got it got the eye of the tiger back now yeah now this it's back this, this you do or they do i hope they do i yeah. do i definitely do <laughs> like i'm not saying i'm the most confident yeah you know, the one thing about the 09 team is they still had like assassins on that team they still had jeter and you still had Posada. You still had Mo at the end of games that you trusted more than anybody. Yep. The 2021 team doesn't have that. They don't have – I mean, as, as great as LeMayu is, he's never won anything. So, like, there's not really a guy you could – I mean, LeMayu is definitely the guy you look at as the guy who like, wants to get, you know, up in a big spot. But he's going to come through. But they don't have those champions on this team. Like, the 09 team at least had a couple guys that could kind of lead the way, lead by example. Yeah, that's a good point. There's nobody on this team that's done anything outside of, I don't know, Boone. <laughs> that's about right. It. I mean, that's and that's you got to go out there and do it. Like if you want that reputation, you got to go out there and take it. Yeah. I mean, the, in '96, these none of these guys were winners. Like, think about what they were going up against. Yeah. In the Braves, the Braves yeah. were looked were the at machine. as the model franchise. You know what I mean? Yep. Jeter was a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wade Boggs, fucking Red Sox. Hadn't won. I mean, Joe day. Girardi, all these guys, like all these guys hadn't won anything. Uh, yep. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy like Key Strawberry. Had. Jimmy yeah, Key, and Jimmy Key, Key was, yeah. But yeah, he wasn't. That's a, a good point, yeah. They had but, a know, but, they, but they had they had pieces that had won. So I, you know, I don't know how much of an influence Jimmy Key was on that team. I just, he's just a guy who had won before. And yeah, and same thing with Strawberry. Also, Strawberry. like, I, this is arrogant, but I don't give a fuck. Like, if you win somewhere else, it doesn't even count. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, you know, I don't know how much an influence those guys have, you know, in those big moments. And, and look, I mean, I, I've read everything and heard everything about that 96 team. I've never heard anybody be like, well, Jimmy Key was a big reason that, you know, uh, like Andy Pettit saying. Oh, Clubhouse Jimmy guy. Key. Well, I've, not, I've never heard one guy say that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't win that World Series. I mean, we don't win that World Series without Jimmy Key. But I'm, I'm, you know, I, he's, he's just a guy who'd been there. And he was big in, in postseason as well. He obviously uh, – you know, going toe to toe with Maddox in, in Game Six in '96. So I, you know, I'm not sure if that experience helped him there. I'm sure. I mean, that's why they got him was for those postseason games. Um, so it yeah. helps. It pays to have someone's experience. So you could you could kind of, and maybe it's not being a clubhouse guy. Maybe it's not you know influencing the other, the other players. It's just going out there and calmly doing your job and showing the other guys by example, which is what Key did, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if there's a guy on this team that you can look to on the starting lineup or on the pitching staff that can. That yeah. Can. I mean, Corey Kluber kind of 
like we smacked him around in 2017. So like, I don't even know if you could look at him. He's a veteran, but not not the best postseason pitcher. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who you look at on this team. Like Cole's had a little bit. He pitched in a World Series at least. Cole. Yeah. They don't. They don't really have. Uh, I mean, Gardner is still the one holdover from '09. So that's. I guess that's one positive. Mm. But you know, no, 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 no Jeter, no Mo, no Posada, no Pettit. Like they don't have those type of guys. So it's kind of on them to go figure it out. Yeah, you're still you gotta waiting. take it. But this with these guys, you're still waiting for that kind of growing up season or grown up moment. Even I mean, you kind of thought a few years back. Uh, that Astro series, the first Astro series that they lost, um, you kind of felt like the way Sanchez hit in that series, the way Judge hit in that series, you kind of felt like, all right, well, look, this is they need to take a lump on their way to the next step. This is you know how how great teams kind of progress, and they just haven't gotten over the hump. They brought you know that's they fired Girardi after that, and they bring in Boone, and they've I don't, don't want to say they went maybe, maybe they took a half a step backwards from that season. They're not the same, and. They they're not assassins. They're not killers, and that's what concerns no. me more. I just I want to see, um, you know, like like Judge blasting New York, New York in Boston a couple of years ago, after they won a game. I'm like, no, it's, yeah. not, it's not when you fucking celebrate at all. Like you don't celebrate one win in Boston in the playoffs. You celebrate when you win against the National your last, when, when you win your last game of the season against the National League team. That's when you fucking celebrate. You don't celebrate beating the Red Sox one time and then going out and losing to them after that. That's a, that's an embarrassing thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like a loser's um, attitude, mentality, loser's action right there. I, I can't have that again with this team. I can't have that at any point in the season. You know, don't be content. So do you, do you feel like uh, – I mean, I guess they're still a young core, but is this like a do-or-die year? Are there serious changes – I, I felt like there was going to be serious changes last year after we came up short, but is is this the year where I th- I think drastic it is. measures need to be taken if I we think, don't win? I think it would have been last year, except everything was so odd. I feel like it wasn't a fair shot. Like I want to see um, like a few guys who underperformed last year, Glaber, you know, underperformed last year, and I wonder if that had, you know that was an effect because of the the weirdness of the season. Um, I want to see him go at it for the full 162, give them time to, to kind of gel as a team. Um, we know, we know who's, we know who's going to perform. We we know what Stanton can do when he's healthy. We know what judge can do when he's healthy. Let me see him stay healthy and let me see him do it when it matters the most, you know, like, I don't want any excuses. I don't want, well, you know, Stanton a couple years ago came into the playoffs when he was hurt. I go, well, he couldn't hit because he was still kind of, he didn't have his timing. He was catching up still. Um, yeah. Last year, he had a great postseason until he got cold and they lost. So, I mean, let, let me, you know, let, let me see other guys pick him up when he gets, when he has an 0 for 4 game with three strikeouts. Let me see him carry him like, like he did for a game or two last postseason. Um, yeah, I think, I think Boone has a lot to prove. Uh, Glaber still, you know, he's 25, we said, 24. Um, 24. Judge, I want, Judge to me. Yeah. It's, to me, it's Judge. He need, I want to see him get back to having like an MVP candidate season. I want to see him be the leader. I want to see him be the guy that's got 120 RBIs, you know, 39 home runs. Um, I want to see him be the guy that is getting the big hits. You know, if he's not doing it, I'm not sure this team can, can win a World Series. 
the face. I mean, he's the face of the team. He's the face of the team. When he when he's hot, we saw the beginning of last season. He was, I mean, for three weeks, he was MVP candidate. Um, you see what he can do when he's healthy and hot. And I just want to see him yeah. do it for a full season. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't want to see him strain his hip or some stupid shit, like some stupid bot, you know, weightlifter injury. I want to see him stay healthy. <laughs> but, you know, he's doing yoga in the off season, so let me see that. Let me see that payoff. Is that true? Is he doing yoga? He was doing yoga. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this is a make or break year for yoga too, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't see what kind of yoga he was doing. <laughs> Just don't well, get I mean, if he if he goes out there and wins the MVP, then yoga. Oh yeah, it could be yeah. pro yoga forever. It could make it could make yoga. I don't know if it could break yoga. Yoga's already kind of behind the eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for I think it is a make or break year for Judge. In all seriousness, I think he's got to have a monster year. Monster it does team. feel like a make or break. I think there was yes, last year would have felt like a make or break for a lot of those guys too, if it wasn't for the shortened season, unfortunately. Yeah. So they kind of they had. They, I said it when when I probably said it like the first whenever we did a show last year after the first game. I was like they it, it pissed me off that they kind of had a built in out if they yeah. didn't get it done. Yeah. With, you know, with COVID, you know, make or break here for Chapman too, because I mean. Two years in a row, he's the last guy, you know, on the field, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chapman is uh, – I mean, I guess you're just going to go out there and ride him. I mean, I don't, I don't know, especially with the Britain injury now. You can make a case for Britain being the closer once he comes back, but I'm, I'm not even sure when that's going to be. June 1st? 2022? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you could the, – the security blanket – of Britain was nice yes. when he was healthy because he could step in and be the closer. Now, I mean, there, no one's taken the job from Chapman on this roster. There's no way. Yeah, he's still Unless got it's an, because of an injury. He's got two years left on his contract anyway. So, I mean, Chapman does. Oh, three years left. I thought he had one. As well, he's his got contract. three years. Yeah, we got him through 2022. Yeah. Oh, so two well, years. Two years, yeah. Sorry. What year is this? <laughs> Must... Yeah. Oh, man, I live it in the past. We signed him in uh, after the 2016, 17, 18, 19. Wow, it was a six-year deal we gave him? I thought no, it was five. Gave, then we gave him a three-year deal. And then we gave him a three-year deal after 2019. Okay. I think. That's what it looks like by this website here. Uh, no, five-year deal. In 2017. <laughs> uh, oh, so is, there, is 2020 – is next year like a player option? I don't think so. It doesn't say anything about an option. I, I think it does mention that if there's an option. But I don't think there is. So, yeah, I mean, that that's – like I said, man, the, the team could take a note from 2000 and, uh, 2009 and it's – Find yourself in the regular season and don't just use the regular season as a, as a way to get your postseason bonus. Find a, use, a, use, use the regular season as finding a way to win the tough games. And, you know, it's, I, I kind of blame management for this. At, I kind of blame Cashman and I kind of blame Boone because they're, they're content to give up games in the regular season. They're content to say, this is not – we're not going to put our best foot forward you know, second game with doubleheader or 
you know, a bullpen game or some shit. And they're more than content to say, look, we're going with the B team in the bullpen. I know you got to conserve and, and uh, save your arms. You can't go to the A team all the time. But it's sometimes it feels like when we, we've, you know, there's guys in the bullpen we've nicknamed the white, it's a white flag. You bring in Jonathan, Jonathan Holder's on the team anymore. Bring in Jonathan Holder and he's a white flag. You know, you don't, uh, Sessa, white flag. And you're like, we're actually probably going to trust Sessa a little bit this year. I'm not you and me, but the team. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. they, they're more, they are more than willing to say this is not our day um, and not fight for the full nine innings. And this, you know, six innings, say this, that's it. We're going, we're not going to try anymore. And instead of being down two going to the ninth, they're down six going to the ninth. And it's like, yeah, there was never a chance to win this game because they just didn't care. So I don't know if it's a philosophy of the team going up, and maybe it's like Cashman has been there, done that, and he just feels like he's got to get his team there, um, and it's good enough for him to get them there and then take their shot. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than rather than put a team out there that's that's going to be tested and ready for October. I don't know. There, the problem is, is they're not good enough, and and or they don't have the pedigree to really have an on-off switch. And I feel like that this team under Boone, uh, and it's not maybe – I can't necessarily just blame Boone, but the last few years they have felt like a team that has taken the on-off switch. Like, all right, we, we just got to get healthy for October. We just got to get healthy for October. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have to play some good ball at some point. Uh, you know, like last year, it looked like, all right, the ship had been righted, right, when they finally beat Cleveland in those first two games of the playoff after a shitty regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you saw what happened, and they, and they win the first game against Tampa last year in, in game one. Stan hits a home run, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as they took, like, a punch in the mouth, it was like, that was it. TKO. And yep. I think that's, I think that's um, where you have to be careful with ha- having an on-off switch. Like, you got to go out there with the mentality that you got to win every day. You know, you don't have to because it's baseball, but that should be your mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can't have the on-off switch if, you're, if your on switch, you know, um, isn't, isn't the best in the business. You don't have the pe- – they don't have the pedigree. Yeah. You're not – you've never won before. Yeah. Okay, this isn't a dynasty team. This isn't uh, a team that's won before where, like, you know what, when we get to October, we'll turn it on. You don't have that luxury. Yeah. So you got to go out there and grind. And, and just they haven't really been able to do that. And, I, yeah, this is a make or break year. Like, you got to go You got to go out there and win it, man. You got to get to a World Series. Have, plain and simple. Yeah, you got to get there. You got to get there. Yeah. They haven't even gotten there, man. And the 2017 was so – I mean, so uh, so much let, let, less superior than these teams in the past few years. I mean, Chase Headley and Starlin Castro, and just the fact that they haven't been able to get back. I mean, they've had good teams. They've had better regular seasons than the 27 team, and they've they've had their moments in the postseason. But you just you got to get over the hump, man. Just do it. Just get it done. Figure it out. It was only as easy you got as that. six fucking months to figure it out. Yep. Or and let, or maybe 2022 is going to be the year you get rid of big names and bring in some big names. I don't know who's a free agent next year. Not to, not that I'm looking that far ahead, <laughs> but maybe you see them cut ties with a couple of these guys and cut some payroll and they bring in you know bring in other big names. I, and uh, yeah, I don't so, know how you do that though. I mean, Stan's got what eight years left on his uh, deal, yeah, seven you're years. Stuck, you're stuck with Stan. That's for sure. You're going to have some one. guys. Just uh, yeah, 
Cashman likes to just stick us with some uh, some horrible, <laughs> horrible contracts. I'll never, I'll never get over how they get out of the Aaron contract, and you're like, wow, <sighs> I mean, that was painful the past three seasons, whatever it was, where it's just that was just dra- dragged on. He got suspended and came back, and he was terrible. He played first base, and he sucked at first base. And, it was just, and then when he finally left, it was like, thank God. And the judge was there, and Stan was there, like fresh blood, fresh meat. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a fun team to watch, and there's just fun young players to watch who finally pass this schmuck. And then what's he going to do? And he brings in fucking another eight-year eight guy, whatever it is, for millions of dollars that's injury-prone. <laughs> and it is prone to strike out a ton and go on cold streaks and just fucking be in the milk carton for weeks at a time. Like, come on, man. I don't know how you 14 it- months. 14 months it was enjoyable being a Yankee fan. Yeah. Okay, from the moment A-Rod left to the moment we signed Stan, and then we went back to just – Fucking with this big black fucking cloud over our heads, man. For Another no big fucking cot. No, none no whatsoever. It was just the most ridiculous trade, the most like unnecessary trade that Cashman has ever made. Yep. Just ego wanting to stick it to Jeter for some reason. And I don't think it was even that. I mean, Jeter did what he had to do. Yeah, they just Cashman lost 100 games. Cashman didn't have to take him off his hands, though. I know. I definitely blame Cashman, but I'm saying Jeter did what he had to do. It's like, no, I don't yeah, see no. how Cashman – I don't see how Cashman thought he was, like, getting the best of Jeter. Yeah, I think he's – again, ego. Ego. I mean, they butted heads when Jeter wanted to re-sign. Um, but, you know, his last contract, and, G- and Cashman basically told him to go fuck himself, was like, go get that kind of money from somebody else. Right, you played hardball with them. You know, played, like, it was a game of chicken that both guys knew they couldn't lose. Yeah, yeah, because they I think, knew they knew what had to get done. Yeah, but I think I think they both resented each other for that. You know, when Jeter knew what he did for the organization and what he meant to the organization, uh, and Cash and Cashman um, kind of knew he knew the same shit and still played hardball with them. Yeah, and I think they both. I, th- I think they both kind of came away resentful of each other. And that's why I felt like Cashman was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you peanuts for that guy, even though it's going to help him financially and on the books. Um, you know, I, I think he felt like he was sticking to him because he was getting away with murder, getting a, an MVP candidate or a former MVP come to play in Yankee Stadium, you know. I don't know. It just uh, – it was all ego, though, because it's the last guy he needed was another big righty bat in that team. The, the last thing, the absolute last thing he needed. Ridiculous. Yep. Yep. But hey man, <laughs> take one win it this year, it'll be the you know, and, and Stanton has an MVP performance in the World Series will be in our words. So but that's you know, fine. That's, that's by fine. all means, yeah, go ahead and do it, Giancarlo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I would I would love the I would love to fucking stick my foot in my mouth. And uh Well know. he tried last year, but months. Sure. He he gave us he gave us a taste last year, and it was great, but you know, still coming up short. I, I don't know if I I don't trust him. I I, I got to see him do it, you know, for a full postseason, you know, where it matters or where where it can be looked at, you know, not just as a nice performance for a few days, but a nice performance that led to a championship. Right. We'll see. We will see. 
All right. Well, you got anything else for uh, anything else you want to say about the 09 team or your prognostications and uh, hopes and dreams for the 2021 team? No, I think that uh, just about does it. We exhausted the 09 team and uh, already exhausted the 2021 version of the team. We'll see what get, happens. Just getting started on 2021. Just, just getting started. <laughs> One week, seven days. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back here on Monday, and we'll be right in the middle of the Elite Eight at that point. Is that right? Yeah, Elite um, Eight is Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, we're right in the middle of the Elite Eight, so that's fucking great. Let's get some hoops back in our lives. Um, thank you for listening to Sunday Poor. As always, appreciate you tuning in. Until then, um, have a great fucking week. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. A lot of mentions of Cody Ransom in that in that episode. It's all right. It's fine by of, me. A lot of Cody Ransom. Um, curious to see how this one turned out audio wise. Yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was tough. Man, I the internet up here seemed all right too. I had no issues with it. I don't know what the fuck happened. I think maybe it's just a location, like we're tucked away here in this fucking this little office here or what. But kind of fucked me when it mattered. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, oh, well. You got any picks for the weekend? Oh, let's see. Yeah, let me go. Uh, let's see. Let me go Let me go down the schedule. Um, NCAA schedule. I don't have any in. Okay, so first game is Oregon and Loyola. Yep, Oregon State, the Beavers. Um. What do you have for a spread in this game? I have seven. Okay. Um, I'll take Loyola in that game. I'm going Loyola. I think that's my favorite bet of the weekend. Loyola by seven. All right. We I think both Oregon take- State's turning into a pumpkin. The Beavers are turning into pumpkins. <laughs> it is an or- is it a bright orange beaver. Yep. Uh, next game, Villanova Baylor. Five don't 15, love it. Five fifteen Saturday. What's the spread there? Seven and a half. Oof, big number. Big number. This isn't one of my favorites. I don't know if I would advise playing this one. I will. I think Baylor's going to win, but I'll take Nova with the points. I would take Nova with the points also. So we're two for two. <laughs> two, two for two. Okay. Uh, next one, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, taking on Oral Roberts. No nice idea team. who their mascot is. Looks like an eagle or something. Yeah, uh, sure. Golden Eagles. Oral Roberts, Golden Eagles. Is Arkansas, right? Arkansas by Golden Eagle sounds right. Is it like 11, 12, more? 11. Somewhere between 11 and 12. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll take Arkansas. I would also take Arkansas. <laughs> Oral Roberts are the, the – come on. 
Golden Eagles. I nailed it. I have no, you just said within 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds, you said, I have no idea who the fuck the sure. mascot is, and then nailed it. I, it, was a, it was a pure guess. Golden Eagles isn't a bad guess for a college team. I mean, you've heard it enough times where it's in there somewhere. It's in your memory bank somewhere. You just had to tap into that. Area. Oh, yeah. All right. In the 955 game, I, I love the fucking late games in the tournament, man. That's so Yeah, of course. It's the best. Great. Uh, Syracuse against Houston, 955. If you're, if, yeah, if you're someone who stays up and used to being up late, like, why not have a 10 o'clock start? It's phenomenal. Especially on a Saturday night. Oh, it's yeah. The fuck? It's great. So there's, there's no TV in the, um, the place we rented up here? That's ridiculous. So I brought one with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> While you're there through the weekend? We'll come, yeah, we leave on Sunday. So I'm going to – yeah, Sunday's going to be – we'll be home for the late games, but the one five one four games on Sunday won't be – I'll be home yeah. for the weekend. Uh, whatever. I, I, don't, I haven't been away in fucking months. I get away. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. I'll listen to some, I'll listen to some games on the radio. No problem. Um, no, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going out to dinner Saturday night. There you go. Arkansas, Arkansas Earl Roberts. I mean, I'll be on for opening day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what game are we on? Syracuse Houston. 955. Okay, I have six. I have six written down, but I have. I'm seeing six and a half on ESPN. I think we're gonna clash as well. I'm gonna take Houston. Yeah, I gotta go. Cuse take. I gotta. I just feel. I don't know. Everything's lining up for Houston. For uh, Houston, just seed wise, it looks like it's their region. I just feel like they're not. I hope they beat Syracuse. I have no problem if they lose to Loyola or Oregon State. I just feel like. I don't know. Cuse, they, I'm just taking Cuse. I don't want to make a case for Syracuse. I, I'm just taking them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go to Sunday. 2-10 in the afternoon. Uh, we have number one overall Gonzaga against the Blue Jays of Creighton. I have a team written down, but it's probably the – this is one of the worst uh, – this is one of the toughest games to call. I hate Creighton, so it's not that hard. What's the number? 13 and a half. <laughs> oh, man. I'll take Creighton. <laughs> uh, you know, Gonzaga is storming through teams, winning by every game by like 15. So, yeah, right, this is a tough game to pick. I'll take this. I'll, I'd switch up. I'll take Gonzaga, 13. I'll take the big, I'll take the big number with, with number I have Creighton right down. I don't love it, though. I would not bet this game. Yeah, fuck Creighton. I'll just, I'm just taking the poise. I don't know. Crane's not going to be able to score enough with Gonzaga, but no, I'm I'm sticking with the Zags. I'm st- I'll stick with Creighton. They're not going to be able to score enough, Creighton. I'm just going to base it on they have it's all seniors and juniors at Creighton. Like you got to give me your best effort, play your best game of the season, and you have a shot. Juniors and seniors, man, leave it all out there. You're, you're playing Gonzaga. That's yeah, what I would preach to them all week. I'd be like, you're playing a fucking mid-major. It, Fuck them. Sometimes the juniors and seniors, are like, at the end of the game, they're just at the end of the bench with their jerseys over their faces, crying. That happens in March Madness, too. Yeah, but these guys are all starters, though. Like, every one of them is a starter. On yeah, starters are crying. Yeah. I know. None of them are that good. That's the problem. We're going to see some tears from Creighton. 
with like eight minutes left. With like eight minutes left. <laughs> I'd like to see him give him a game, but yeah, I'm I'm still I'll stick with Creighton though. That's a pick there. Um, five o'clock Sunday, Florida State, Michigan. Michigan laying two and a half. I'll, I'll take I'll take uh, Michigan here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Florida State. It, this to me this is fifty fifty. I'm gonna go yeah. Florida State just uh just to stay true to my bracket. Feels like a real toss up. It is. I'm just I'm just going. I picked Florida State over Michigan on my bracket, so I'll just stick stick with my bracket. Hopefully, I'll be be able to bracket watch this weekend with uh this still alive. We'll oh, see. Yeah. So we just clap. We just went because we went. We were together on the first three. The last three, we've been opposite. Yes. So two more. Wait, where where'd we leave? Oh, there's two more games. Yep. UCLA, Bama, Bama laying six and a half. I'll take Bama here. I'm also going to take Bama. I think Bama wins big. They can score. I got to stick, stay true to myself and bet against Mick Cronin, even though he's had a, a nice tournament. I don't know how the fuck Abilene Christian beat Texas. I just say I don't know how Texas lost Abilene Christian. So the, the Red Sea is kind of parted for Cronin, but uh, I think it comes to an end. I think Bama wins by double digits. And I think we're going to go the same one. I don't even know what the number is, but Oregon-USC, I think we're going to be the same here as well. Yeah, I've seen USC minus two. I've seen a minus two and a half. Yeah, Oregon taking the I'm points, going money line. Going with the Ducks. Yeah, that's another one. Toss-up game, but – I stay true to my bracket. You know what I mean? If you have it on your bracket, why flip flop now? I would love to see Oregon. Not that I'm rooting for Gonzaga against Creighton, but once Gonzaga eventually beats Creighton, I will be rooting hard for Oregon Gonzaga Tuesday night. Do you have Oregon in your final four? No, I have them losing to the Zags in the Elite Eight. All right. I'll still be rooting for them. I don't care. I root for the Ducks. If the oh, if they ever beat Gonzaga Tuesday night, we're hopping on and doing a post game, Oregon post game show. <laughs> emergency post game. Emergency, yep. Emergency post game. Uh, Tuesday, maybe we. What what time is that? Uh, It'll Tuesday? probably be a late game. Nine thirty. Shit. All right. Well, I, I mean, let's see. We got to get there first. I am working from home this week, so it's easier for me to do late. Late one, so yeah. Uh, Let's get to Oregon Gonzaga first, yeah. and then we'll right. let's have the dilemma first. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say we can do like a after that game we can do like a Final Four preview type show instead of doing month. Well, we oh, you got tape on Wednesday, you said so. Going Tuesday, Wednesday makes no sense. I mean, I don't mind doing back to back nights. It's... But what the fuck we're going to talk about on Wednesday? We didn't talk about it on Tuesday, <laughs> you know? Over unders, I don't know. Oh, that's right. I can do over-unders next week, too. Good point. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We can go Monday, um, but if something Just happens. Just wing it. All right. Yeah, I'll figure it out on the fly. We can either go Monday or Tuesday. It doesn't matter. All right. Um, and then we'll do over-unders on Wednesday, if you have to, or Thursday, if, you, if, we, if we stick to the schedule. But um, if you got to go Wednesday, it's no problem. Yeah, I probably got to go Wednesday, but we'll see. Cool. All right. There you go. So let's see. We uh, were together on five, and we were head to head on three. 
head to head on Cuse. Creighton Gonzaga. Oh, the Cuse Gonzaga Florida State. All right, I got it. Yep. Loyola best bet. I am gonna go uh, drink. All right, that sounds excellent. Oh, maybe. Cheers. A little tincture, tincture yeah, oil. Did this before? Uh, yeah. I've done the CBD version and the THC version. How many? It's a okay. lot. Point five. That's a CBD. Oh, it's CBD. No, it's THC. Got it. Be careful. It goes right, right into the bloodstream. Yeah. That's the plan. That's what they tell me. <laughs> all right, my man. I'm going to get this out. I'll talk to you later, all right? All right. Peace. Peace.